Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is uh, continuing to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, business leaders of of all sorts, and that is because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you so that you can get the information you need to do better things in your business and be more successful. Today, we are fortunate to have such a person. My guest today is Matt Johnson. Matt is a marketer, entrepreneur, podcast expert, and musician. As founder of Pursuing Results, a podcast PR and production agency based in San Diego, Matt runs a worldwide virtual team helping business coaches and agencies break in and dominate their niche through podcasting. Matt's systems allow him the freedom to run the agency in three to four hours a week. Wouldn't we all like to be able to do that? Matt currently hosts niche business podcasts such as UX, and Real Estate Uncensored, and recently launched the Podcast Pitch Assistant Training to help experts get pitched to podcasts consistently by their internal staff. He's a frequent podcast guest and event speaker to audiences around the U.S., Canada, and Australia. Thanks for joining me today, Matt. Thanks, Diane. Excited to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. Um, the, the What we're going to be talking about for the most part today is, is about using podcasting, how podcasting is the new networking, which I, I find fascinating. So clue everybody in. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that the interesting thing about podcasting is especially 
since video conferencing has developed to the point where it's very fast and reliable. Uh, I do all of my podcasts on video and, and have from the day that we launched. I launched my first podcast four years ago. And initially we were on YouTube Live back when Google Hangouts was a, was a thing. Uh, and then we shifted over to Facebook Live. And so we've always done live video. And I didn't really think about it at the time. That's just where I came from was doing video webinars. And so when I transitioned into the podcast world, I just kept doing video. Uh, what I wasn't realizing is that podcasting was building up an incredible network of high level relationships with very busy, very influential people that I would never have had access to any other way. And it, it took a while for even me to see what was going on. And now I see it going on to a greater and greater degree to the point where I can reach out to people, uh, book authors, experts, speakers, consultants, you know, just people that are extremely, extremely successful, but also very, very busy and, and they value their time very, very highly and getting their, their attention, getting a chance to meet them. It, you know, before podcasting came along, essentially the answer was either try to get a mutual introduction at best, or if you couldn't you know, failing to do that, you had to essentially fly to whatever conference they might be speaking at and hope to meet them after their presentation or, or bump into them in the hallway. And maybe you'd get a few minutes to chat. They'd shake your hand. You'd have a nice chat. They'd never remember you. And you try to follow up and they met 300 people that weekend and they, they don't remember you any more than they remember anybody else. That used to be the way that networking was done. Now we can reach out to somebody and have an incredible in-depth, you know, 30 or 40 minute conversation where we can see each other and we get a sense of, who the other person is, we get a chance to see their body language, we can, we, we get even deeper relationship, even though we're not in the same room, it's so much deeper of a relationship that I formed with people um, versus meeting them and shaking hands with them and talking for a few minutes in the hallway outside of an event. And so to me, what's happening is that once people are figuring this out, people are starting their own podcasts and they're getting more intentional about being a guest on podcasts because they're realizing that apart from all the other benefits of podcasting, like reaching an audience and building a tribe and all those things, just the people that you meet and the relationships that you develop from being a guest and from hosting your own show, uh, Trump, like they, they just, the benefits Trump everything else, right? The, and it's, it really just goes back to upgrading your network and upgrading your your network of, of relationships and podcasting to me is a much faster easier way to do that yeah so I, I it's so interesting to me because I don't think people realize or even think about it that way I think mm -hmm. like the average you know small business person thinks and is told Mm -hmm. let's be fair, that, that they either need to start doing a podcast or they need to become a guest because it's going to help build their credibility. It's going to give them, mm -hmm. get them in front of other audiences, which I agree with, but I don't think any of them are looking at it in terms of, yeah, but look at the people I could be meeting and getting yeah. to know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just an example from my life. Um, uh, What's funny is I, I was booking guests for a podcast a few years ago. Uh, I was actually doing some work for the agency I used to work for. And so my mentor hired me to help them break into four other industries. So we launched podcasts in four different industries, uh, I, industries I didn't have any relationships with. And so I just started reaching out to people and inviting them onto this podcast. Uh, and, and then I was the one that was having the initial conversation before they uh, were put on the show, right? Because I wanted to screen everybody. And I had this amazing conversation with one gentleman. He was in the recruiting space and he was a high level uh, kind of a boutique business coach. 
Uh, and that initial conversation of just putting him on a podcast went so well, he sent me a book. I read the book. It was amazing. And I followed up and we started to develop a relationship. Uh, eight months ago, I hired him to be my actual business coach. And he's wow. one of my, I would consider one of my best friends, uh, all from reaching out. And I, and then we'll talk about this more later, but I basically just randomly reached out to him on LinkedIn and we ended up on a phone call and the whole relationship developed from there. Uh, another good example is my own kind of business partner, podcast host of our main show, Real Estate Uncensored. That, that's the, the show that kind of started everything for me. Uh, we started doing video together when I worked at my old agency. We started the podcast together and I think it was a good, I think we knew each other for at least a year before we actually met in person. <laughs> and I think, and I would consider him one of my best friends in the world. And I think we've hung out together in person. I, I can probably count on two hands the number of times we've actually been in the same room together. It's, it's insane. So the connections and the relationships that you build, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's so much different than being on a phone call. It's so much different than, than trying to meet people and, and network at events. Uh, it's, it's changed my life. So, and I see this happen all the time because it's the circle that I run in. But for anybody that's in the small business space, uh, there are very easy ways to jump in, into that. And we'll talk about that. But uh, just knowing that it's a, it's a different way to approach things, right? So rather than going like, hey, I want more clients, think about, uh, think about who already has relationships with the people that you want to work with, right? So if you, have, if you have a product or a service to sell and you know who you want to sell it to, somebody already has their trust. They're already looking to somebody, whoever that yeah. might be. If, even if you're right. a local real estate agent, um, financial advisors, CPAs, accountants, bookkeepers, uh, you know, local business professionals and other spaces like that, they already have the relationships with all the homeowners you want to work with. The question is just, do you know them and do they know you? And so many people skip over yeah. those types of high level relationships that they miss out on really high quality referrals that they could just build a consistent stream of referrals into their business from just good relationships with people. Yeah, that for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that is a huge point. And I agree. I, I, I love the example. And I will share an example um, of my own that just happened to me. I, so I've been doing my podcast for a while and I've interviewed mm -hmm. a lot of people. And, and so I agree with you. You get to meet people and start relationships with people who you never would have thought. And, and I, you know, when I think back to the people who I've interviewed and who I still have relationships with and those relationships have turned into other things. Well, just this morning, I was interviewed by someone who was a guest of mine hmm. a couple of years ago who reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm doing this new thing and I want to interview for it. You interview for it. So we did this morning. It was, just, yep. it was great. So it, it yep. really, yep. It, it's just, but I, you know, I guess you have to be, um, I, I was going to say open-minded, but, but you have to really consider that there are the possibilities out there of making those high-level connections. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. It's not so much an open-minded thing. I think, I think people on the listening end are, are open-minded. They may just not uh, run in those circles enough to know that this is happening. It's, just, it's kind of happening yeah. in, in a little corner of the world that you don't know about. And if you don't even know it exists, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't think about it. And so that, yeah, that's part of why it's great to be on podcasts like this, where we can hopefully tell people that this is happening so that they know that this is something that's, that's accessible to them. And of course, this is yeah. something you can do, uh, you know, outside the podcasting world. Uh, you know, I always, I always look to uh, financial advisors have been a great example of this kind of uh, a very, very relationship, very network way, you know, network oriented way of building their business. And um, 
they, so they've understood this for years. I would say podcasting is a way of taking that digital and removing a lot of the friction of travel and driving and, and, you know, having to be involved in a lot of events and things like that, that are very time consuming just to get to the relationships that you want. Uh, podcasting allows you to go directly, skip all that stuff and go directly to the relationship yeah. and just have amazing conversations that do all those things you want and build those relationships without all that, you know, without all the other work that goes into uh, in-person networking and event networking. And so I think it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely something, it does take an open mind, but it, does, it just, for some, it's just a matter of knowing that this is happening and knowing kind of how to get <laughs> into, uh, into that world. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, um, okay. Let's talk about how someone, how would you advise someone to get started if this is totally new to them and they're listening to us and they're thinking, okay, I've been hearing a lot about this, you know, I listen to podcasts, I've been hearing a lot about the value of them, now I'm really hearing about value. How would you suggest people get started with the whole concept? Well, so there's, in certain circles, there's definitely pressure on everybody to start their own podcast. And there's a ton of value to that. I'm a big believer, but I don't think that's where you start. The best place to me to start is to be a guest first. Uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one, it puts the spotlight on you, right? So somebody else, somebody, the podcast host is basically telling their audience that, hey, this is someone that I trust that I think is an expert in this thing. And we're going to feature and put the spotlight on them. So it really puts you, it helps you put your best foot forward right away. And it also is completely, um, how would you put it? It's, it's, you can modulate it, so to speak. You know, you can, you can go through periods of time where you reach out to a lot of shows and do a lot of guest appearances. And then as you get busier, you can scale that back and you can go, you can go dark <laughs> for a time, uh, or you can scale it back to where you're just doing, let's say one interview a week or one every couple of weeks, you know, so it's not too, too burdensome. Uh, so you don't have that flexibility with your own podcast. You kind of have to set a schedule and stick with it. Yeah. So I always recommend that people start by being a guest first. Um, the, the real rub for people when they, when they make the decision that, okay, I, I see the value in this, I'm going to kind of put my best foot forward and I'm at least take some steps towards being a guest. It's just kind of where to get started. And I'll give you two things real quick. Uh, number one is just finding the podcast where you feel like you can bring value. And that's always, that should always be the definition of, of what you're looking for is not just what it's going to do for you, but can yeah. you really add value to that audience? So as long as you go into it with that mindset, I don't think you can really go wrong um, because that's going to, as long as you go, if, if you approach it with that mindset, you're never going to show up and leave a bad impression on a podcast host either, because if the intention is just to show up and give, then you're going to leave a, a great impression on that, on that podcast host. So that's number one. Uh, number two is then just that, that also affects the way that you reach out. So let's say you find a podcast where you feel like you can bring value. You know what you can talk about that would bring value. Basically, all you do is you reach out to that person and you tell them why you think you can bring value. You know, why is the thing that you have to talk about going to improve the lives of the listeners in some specific way? And that, that reach out could take the form of an email. It could take the form of a message on LinkedIn. And, and I love LinkedIn for that. It's great for that. Um, but it's less about kind of uh, how you reach out and the mechanics of what's being said and, and massaging the phrasing and things like that. It's more just about focusing on how you can bring value to their audience because that people can, you know, we have this weird yeah. thing about us as human beings. We, we get authenticity and we recognize it immediately when it's there and we recognize it immediately when it's not there. So if you're reaching out authentically and you feel like this is a show that you can bring value to, 
that podcast host is going to understand that and everything else about how you reach out is secondary to that. Yeah, I, as a podcast host, I totally agree with that. I can tell you that when I get solicitations that are about when, when the person who wants to be on the podcast is telling me about how themselves, about their business, I just know that they're not, they don't know what my podcast is all about. So I, I do. I think yes. it's really important yeah. that when you're doing your research, you make sure that you know what is the format, what is the point, mm -hmm. what, what is the host trying to do for the audience. Yeah, exactly. And, and Diana, we, we had that conversation before we hit record. And so this is a great yeah. tip for anybody who's being a guest on somebody's show is just to ask, basically ask the same questions I asked you, Diane, before we started hitting record. I asked you a little bit more, like, tell me from your perspective, what's the podcast audience? Who are your listeners? Because, of course, you know better than I do, because uh, I'm just yeah. looking at it from the outside. I can guess, but I don't know for sure. And then yeah. the second thing is I want to know, um, you know, what specifically what you do and what action you're wanting the audience to take. So if you're, for most podcast hosts, they're selling or promoting something, often business coaches, experts, thought leaders, authors, for example, they're, they're promoting their books. They want people to buy their books or bring them in to speak or hire them as a coach. And I want to know that as a guest going in so that I can say the right things. I can authentically promote you. And just so I know kind of how to, how to tailor my message for the right audience. And those are two very easy questions to ask before you ever record with somebody. And uh, it just, it, you know, tells you what you need to know. It makes a great impression. It shows that you really care about what you're saying. Exactly. Right. Right. And you're, and yeah. And you know, you're going to get what you need out of that experience when you are focused on giving in the way that the, the host wants you to, because it's what's best for their listeners. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. To me, everything else is secondary. Um, yeah. And in terms of like driving business, and I did a whole podcast episode uh, about this. Um, for some, for some, it's not always a clear, straight line. Um, understanding how being a guest on podcasts generates business, right? And I've reached out to industries like this where you jump on with a financial advisor, you jump on with a chiropractor, and they're like, "Yeah, I get it. You want to interview me, um, but what's you know how is that going to translate into practical business for me?" And the, yeah. the easiest answer for that is, number one, it's, it comes down to what you say in the conversation. And do you have something right. interesting, compelling to say to the audience that makes them want to reach out and contact you? Um, if you don't quite have that figured out yet, the answer is just go on more podcasts because you'll probably figure it out. <laughs> Clarity is in the doing, right? You don't, so it's not about sitting back and, and not doing anything. It's it just go, go get on podcasts and watch, talk about what you do and talk about how you help people. And you'll find that people will start to resonate with certain things that you say. And that's how, you know, like podcasting is the new networking was not my first idea for what I was going to talk about on podcast. It's, it was something I think that was buried in my pitch, uh, somewhere way down in the email or a doc that we would send out to podcast hosts. And I had people go, Ooh, I want to talk about that. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to talk about that. Um, I had no idea that was going to be the thing that people latched onto. And it'll, it'll be like that for everyone in the audience listening. So just get out there and, and be on podcasts and listen to what people respond to because that's the thing. That's how it drives business. If, if you ignore what people respond to, 
and what people resonate and you're just so focused on delivering your message in the way that you want to deliver it that you don't watch what the feedback is, then that's, that's how you lose out on that opportunity because people aren't going to reach out and connect because you're not paying attention to what they care about. But the more you pay attention, the more you gradually adjust and you talk about the things that resonate with people, um, the more they're going to ask you like, hey, um, I really enjoyed you on that podcast and I want to reach out and talk to you more about your services. And it, it's exactly. funny because literally before you and I hopped on the phone, I, I checked my email and somebody had booked a consultation and it was a gentleman that I connected with several years ago that I thought would be an amazing client. And he got a promotional email from my podcast today and uh, booked a consultation in response. Wow. Just yeah. like that. I haven't talked to him yeah. in years, two years probably. And uh, I, in fact, I had forgotten he was on my email list. <laughs> like, well, I, saw, I saw that come through and realized that he did it in response to the email. And uh, that's just the way that it goes. Sometimes the cycle yeah. time, it doesn't, it's not an immediate payoff, but the more you do it, you build momentum and uh, you do it for long enough. And, and it just, it starts to be a wave that carries you rather than something that you have to push. And man, that is the, that is the best feeling in the world from a marketing strategy is to do it to the point where it starts to carry you along and you don't feel like you're pushing a rock up a hill anymore. It's so true. I'm so glad that you said that. A couple of things in there. One, that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have an immediate payoff, but no marketing does. Mm -hmm. You have to do something for a while and consistently in order for you know, people to hear it or see it or, or mm -hmm. you know, want to embrace it. And, it. and it does build momentum. The more you do it, the more consistent you are. It, it's, it's one of the, I mean, I think it's one of the best marketing avenues out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to talk to you some more about that. Of course. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Inside Track by Peter Sage and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Matt Johnson about how podcasting is the new networking. So... You mentioned before about how you used LinkedIn um, to reach out, and I'm wondering if you could go a little further with that and explain to the listeners what that looks like. Yes. So uh, I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. It's an interesting combination where right now people's uh, LinkedIn inboxes are actually not super, uh, they're not super overwhelming. And it's something that people don't necessarily check every day, although some do. And um, because they don't check it every day, it's not something they use as their primary communication, right? So it's, okay. what I find is that where you might not reach a busy person by email, sometimes they don't even manage their own email anymore. I'm getting ready to turn my email over, uh, in fact, over the next couple of months. And so I might not see an email that comes in. But I jump onto LinkedIn and I have just a small number of messages and, and half of them are highly personal. 
And uh, so I find that it's sometimes even easier to reach out to someone that's very busy through LinkedIn because they'll check it maybe once a week or something, but they get so few messages there that they'll get yours where yours, your email might be buried in a pile of a thousand emails. So there's an interesting, that, that may change, but right now that's what I find on LinkedIn. So the other thing about LinkedIn is that, and I have the sales navigator, which is the you know, $80 a month or something upgrade. And so it's a little bit easier for me to search out. And so I have a list of people essentially that are all uh, second level uh, connections to me. In other words, we have mutual connections in common. And that's the, the other great thing about LinkedIn is I can search for the type of person that I wanna have on my show, but I can narrow that search to only people where I have mutual friends. And, and a lot, and I do mean mutual friends. Like, I mean, it's, it's very, and I'm not, I'm not like a LinkedIn power user. I'm not on it three hours a day or anything like that. I, I just, I use it to a, a fairly low level by comparison to other people. But even at the level that I use it, it's very rare because the world gets very small. Uh, once you move up, you know, up the food chain, so to speak in certain industries, the world gets really small. And so I find that when there's somebody that I want to reach out to, I'll have, you know, 15, 20, 25 mutual connections with them, but I can look at that list and I can find people I'm actually genuinely friends with. And those are the people that when I reach out, I just send a very simple message like, hey, you came, uh, came across your profile, you know, LinkedIn served you up as a, as a suggestion, we've got a bunch of mutual friends, and I'll just name off a couple of people, like John Smith and Steve Jones, you know, who I just spoke with the other day. Something like that. So I, so I, I drop a couple of names, but the names that I drop are people that I know personally. So if I hop on the phone with that person that I reached out to and they mentioned, oh yeah, your friend, your friends with Steve. Yeah, yeah, I just talked to him the other day. We we're talking about X, Y, and Z, right? I wanna actually reach out and drop names that, I'm, that I actually know. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, yeah, you, you, can, you can definitely drop names that you don't know, but just beware because <laughs> if you end up on they might ask. Um, so that's a quick aside. Uh, but it, yeah, it's a, just a really simple reach out. Like, hey, I came across you. LinkedIn served you up as a, as a suggestion. I noticed we have a bunch of mutual friends like so-and-so and so-and-so. Uh, I noticed that we're kind of running in the same circle and we might even serve the same type of ideal client, but from a different angle. So there might be some referral opportunities. I'd love to connect. Uh, you know, would you want to either be interested in jumping on the phone to chat or would you like to come onto my podcast or something like that? Or, hey, I noticed that you host a podcast in this space and I, I think I might be able to bring some value to them. I tend to talk about this that I think would be really valuable. And so there's a few different angles. It depends on who they are. You can definitely do this whether you have a podcast or not or whether they have a podcast or not. I've done it both ways. Uh, LinkedIn is amazing just for reaching out and having those types of conversations. And um, podcasting just greases the wheels a little bit and gives people an excuse sometimes to get on the phone where they might not otherwise get on the phone. Uh, in fact, I was just talking with a client before and you and I jumped on and we just launched her podcast two weeks ago. And she was saying that already she can feel the difference when she reaches out to somebody to get them on a podcast uh, versus just reaching out to jump on, you know, on a call with them to chat about collaborating or, or co-marketing each other to their, their audiences. Just having a podcast and being able to invite people onto that rather than just a call uh, is already paying off dividends. She's already getting people on the phone uh, faster and easier and people are getting, you know, she's getting enthusiastic yeses rather than, oh, well, you know, I can maybe talk when I get back in town from, you know, four weeks from now. So it's yeah. it just podcasting seems to grease those wheels a little bit um, and just makes everything a little bit easier. But that's my approach. Um, you, you find the people who you want, you reach out through mutual connections, you drop the names when you reach out, you tell them what you think would be valuable about connecting. And um, even if you are bad at it, you know, self-admittedly, I'm not the greatest 
And uh, even if you're really bad, you're really just starting out and have no idea what you're doing. I bet you still get two out of 10 yeses for every, you know, 10, two, two yeses for every 10 messages you send out, just because that's the culture of LinkedIn right now. And then as you get better, and as you get more specific about who you're reaching out to, or let's say you end up launching your own podcast and you're reaching out to people for that to feature them as a guest, well, then your response rates will skyrocket to where you're getting, you know, seven or eight yeses for every 10 messages you send out. So thank you. I, and uh, people are going to listen to this repeatedly so they can get down some of the verbiage that you used because I thought it was fabulous. I do have to ask the question. Um, can you, well, how do I want to ask this question? What would you say to people who um, want to do something that's really canned or want to hire a, a, an agency that's going to just like flood, let's say people are looking for podcasts to be on and they yes. hire an agency that just floods the podcasters out there on LinkedIn, regardless of whether they're good mm. for them or not, what would you say? Well, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. Cause like I said, the world gets small. Um, yeah. When, when you, uh, when you, when you start dealing with the top people in, in any industry, that world is very small. And then you start to realize that the top people in different industries, a lot of times also know each other because they're either hosting podcasts or they're connected in some other way through masterminds, through business coaches that they share and all these different things. So for me, um, my own personal reputation is always on the line every time I reach out to somebody for anything. And so I'm very aware of that. Um, when I, when I put together, right. So I had the same problem, uh, which is, you know, I wanted to be on more podcasts. I had a, a team of people available to me, you know, I have virtual assistants and staff from the States and, and different things like that, but nobody was trained. Nobody knew how to pitch me on podcasts. So I had to kind of build that system from scratch and, uh, I basically was able to build it in such a way that preserved my reputation. And that's because I controlled and I, I wrote up the email templates first. And then I wasn't counting on somebody to write up an amazing email from scratch. I was counting on them to fill in the blanks in an intelligent way, um, look for some names to drop in an intelligent way. And then from there, just to pick podcasts where I'm genuinely a good fit and not just blast everyone out there within hearing distance that I want to be a podcast guest. And, um, and that's part of where the training came from, the podcast pitch assistant training you mentioned right at the outset. Uh, that was to solve my own problem, right? And, yeah. and it took me a lot of time to do it. I mean, it, it took me something like 20 or 25 hours just to create and document the process of, of how I wanted it done, not counting the training time. And so it was, it was labor intensive to get that system down the way that I wanted it to, which is why I ended up putting it into a package that's sellable because all my clients needed it and we don't provide it as a service. Uh, it's something that really needs to be done because like you said, you don't want just flooding the market and, and with you know, canned emails and canned LinkedIn messages and things like that because it will hurt your reputation. So you want somebody taking the time to find the right podcasts, find their accurate contact information, send them a really nicely well-worded email that makes you look good, right? And then also gets the yeah. job done and gets you on the podcast. 
So I feel like I solved that problem, but yeah, it was, it was definitely not easy. And it's something that I had to put together a very specific step-by-step -step system because otherwise it's very, very easy for it to come across that way and just end up sending out canned messages that make you look bad uh, as an expert. Exactly. Thank yeah. you for that. Because I, you know, I know I, I get um, emails from agencies that usually have authors who want to get on a podcast and I've been working with them for so many years that they not most of them know me mm -hmm. and know my audience and know um, what I'm looking for so so that's great and periodically I will get someone on LinkedIn who will send me a really genuine authentic message and uh, boy I just I can see it right away and I'm happy to engage with them and then I just get these repeated where I can tell they all hired the same company because it's the same exact <laughs> message. And I think, wow, yeah. this is not good. No, so, it's not. Yeah. And it's not. And, and the good thing, here's the good news. Um, it, you know, yes, it can mess with your reputation, but I also don't necessarily hold it against the expert who hired the agency. Well, I really yeah. hold it against the agency. I own an agency. Yeah. I know that that's not how it should be done. I don't blame the client, the expert who's being pitched necessarily, because um, they don't know. They, what, right. I, I know that they don't know what's going on. So for anybody who's made that mistake, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, just don't do it yeah. again. <laughs> do go with a different agency or something. Uh, and, and ask to see the emails that they're sending out. And I do the same thing with my, with my team when they're pitching me. Uh, I don't review every single one, but I, I review them on an ongoing basis because I want to make sure that the emails that are being sent on my behalf with my name on it represent me well. Uh, and so that's something you can check in on from time to time, where, whether you hire an agency or whether you have, like whether you took my course and put your assistant through it and your assistant is pitching you. Uh, and to me, that's the ideal because then it cuts out uh, an agency, which it, it, it means you are in full control and can customize the process. So if at any time you feel like the emails going out don't represent you well, you have the authority to change, to change the emails immediately and not go through somebody else's agency process to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so that's my okay. opinion on that. <laughs> I, I appreciate it very much. I, I, I truly do because I feel the same way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the same boat I am. We, we produce like 20 plus shows and I host a bunch of them myself and stuff. Uh, I've gotten every pitch in the world and some of them are bad uh, yeah. and some of them are great. And uh, I, yeah, I definitely try not to hold the bad pitches against the people pitching because usually they don't know what's going on. I agree. I am so with you. I know. Mm -hmm. I, I feel badly for them because they have no, yes. so bad for them, right? Because they have no idea. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's talk about, because you do yours um, with video. I do mine as audio only. Um, but so talk to me some more about, you know, doing, doing video and using Facebook Live and just, you know, some of the different ways that people can be engaging. Okay. Uh, so a couple things. Number one, uh, my latest podcast that I launched last summer, uh, the UX podcast is recorded on Zoom with video, but we don't publish the video as of, as of right now. And that was a big departure for me because up until then, everything I had ever done was not only uh, video, but was live. It was either YouTube live or Facebook live. And I love the interaction of live and it's great. And it's built great audiences for each of those shows. Uh, however, uh, number one, Facebook Live is starting to scale back 
how many people they really push your video in front of. In the early days, they, they really did a great job of notifying people when you went live because it was rare and there was a feature that they wanted to promote heavily. So we got great exposure. We built up a great, really active, engaged audience by doing that. Facebook has started to throttle that back. So it's a little bit less valuable. Uh, and then for the new podcast, I knew I wanted to do a lot of episodes. I wanted to meet a lot of people and have wanted to have different conversations. I wanted to dial back how long the conversations were. And I also knew that I wasn't talking about things that were heavily searched for on YouTube, unlike with some of the podcasts in the past. So this is a very important, uh, distinction, uh, that I, that I hope everybody gets. If you're, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or if you have one, the real value of putting like publishing the video version is to put it on YouTube in such a way where you catch the people that are searching for exactly what you're talking about. So like in my, in my real estate podcast, we talk a lot, a lot about sales and marketing tactics. So we're talking about things like Facebook ads, um, LinkedIn, we're talking about uh, open houses, sales scripts, right? These are very, very tactical things where people are actually searching for this stuff on YouTube. And so we came up in a lot of searches and then we catch podcast fans that way. At one point, YouTube was account, accounted for two thirds of our podcast listenership. Wow. Interesting, right? It's very, like yeah. very, very unusual. Um, but I, when I launched the new podcast and I knew that I was having conversations about things that interested me and that interested my super hyper small niche of ideal prospects, uh, I knew that those are not the types of conversations where we were talking about very tactical things. We were talking about like high level strategic things that people are not searching for on YouTube, right? People are not searching necessarily on YouTube for how, uh, how do I be a guest on podcasts in such a way that it generates real demand for my service. Like, I don't think that's a real YouTube search that anyone <laughs> alive has ever typed, right? It's all valuable content. It's stuff I know that my audience wanted, but they wouldn't have known to search for it. And so to me, that's the difference is if you, if you're doing something that's very, very tactical, if you're a small business owner and you're talking about things that your community cares about and they're searching for on YouTube, right? Things to do in East Bay, San Francisco, or um, if you're doing uh, small business or community or event related content, because you're kind of, you know, just being, being the mayor, so to speak of your local area. And you're talking about things that people are searching for information on in Facebook and YouTube, by all means, put the video out there because it will be worth it. Cause people are actually searching for you and they'll find you. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the difference for me. So yeah, I do both. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that's helpful. Um, okay. Is, are there any aspects of this that, I did not ask you about that we didn't cover that you think the listeners should know. Mm. Uh, oh yes. Uh, there's Ooh. one really good thing, okay. uh, which is funny cause I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this after we stop recording the okay. most powerful question that you can ever ask. And this I think applies whether you're in person, but it's great for after a podcast interview, whether you're the host or the guest or whatever is to ask them a very, very simple question. Like, Hey, who can I, uh, who can I introduce you to? who's that person that if you connected with them would make a big difference in your life or a big difference in your business. And I stumbled onto that. I don't remember where I heard the inspiration for that question. I just started asking it as, as a podcast host at the end of our episode, when we would be wrapping up behind the scenes with the guest. And I just kind of took it into everything else that I do, whether I'm the guest or whether it's in real life or whatever. Um, when I ask really successful people like that, that question, um, they don't always have an immediate answer, but they're always blown away by the question. And it always yeah. generates 
the return question, which is, okay, who can I introduce you to? And, and I know what mine is, but I'm not really concerned with that. Like the introductions come. Um, I will say this, that um, number one, I ask that question all the time. Number two, I genuinely pay attention to the answer. Yeah. And then number three, strategic introductions are one of the three key metrics that I track in my business for just my own performance. Even though I've got a whole team and they're doing the production work for clients, I have a whole set of metrics just for myself and what I bring to the business and introductions are one of them. So in the, the second half of 2018, when I started tracking that, I made 24 very strategic, intentional introductions from one high-level person to another. Uh, in the first quarter, wow. as we record this, we're not even done with February yet. I've already made 19 introductions in wow. 2019. Um, and so my, my goal obviously for that is to just keep on upping that, upping that number while keeping the quality of the introduction high. Right. right. So not, not right. watering down what I consider an introduction just to hit the numbers. Um, but if everybody did that, uh, I think it would make a massive difference in your business. Cause again, it goes back to that mentality of relationships. Um, yeah. in fact, I sent one introduction email from one gentleman to another and one of the guys hit me back and he's like, wow, it's like you walk the talk. He said, you already make me want to buy from you. And I, I don't even know that I need what you do yet. <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was a funny response, but I, yeah, it's, I, I do get that uh, quite a bit that people are just blown away by the question. They're, they're definitely blown away if you can deliver on it. And the great thing about it is the more that you ask and the more that you keep track of the people that you've met, the more you can deliver on it, the more introductions you can make. And people are even more blown right. away by that. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's fabulous. Thank you. So like I said, after we, after we get done recording, I have that question for you. So be be thinking about who I can introduce you to. (laughs) Okay. I will. (laughs) I'll think about it when you're, when you're answering my next question, which is, uh, would you please tell the listeners how they can find you and what you've got going on? And I I know before we uh, started recording, you mentioned something about a course that, that, you have that they could take. So will you tell them all that stuff and I will think about an answer? Yes. Okay. So first thing is uh, if you want to start by being a guest on a podcast, I mentioned that I kind of put my whole training together initially for myself and my clients. Uh, But I did open that up. It's a course. It's very uh, inexpensive. And the great thing about the course is it's not for you. So you as the small business owner, it's not worth your time to do all the research and the reach out and the scheduling and all the, all the, uh, as one of my friends calls it, hee-haw, all the hee-haw that goes into uh, uh, booking <laughs> yourself on podcasts. Uh, it's not worth your time. That's something you could pay somebody 12 bucks an hour, maybe 15 bucks an hour in the States to do. And even less than that, if you do it, uh, outsource it overseas. So the key is that person has to be trained, equipped, and empowered with the right system and the right templates to do it and they can do it all for you and you just show up to be to be interviewed so i put all that together uh you can go to pursuingresults.com slash training and that is the uh, kind of the entrance point to where you can learn more about it there's a there's a free training that i did with a client of mine and it's all about just how to get on the right podcast and get ideal clients flocking to you so we go through just some of the mechanics of, you know, how do you get featured on podcasts? How do you get micro famous? How do you, how do you use podcasts to attract your ideal client? How do you find the best podcasts for you that are actually going to put you in front of the right people? So all that stuff is in that training. Uh, that's the best way to go. Um, and then also for, for the production server, my agency, that's, that's the same website for my agency, pursuingresults.com. That's also the easiest way to connect with me. So um, you can find me through that on Facebook 
um, and send a personal message and I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Wow, that's terrific. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And folks, like I said, I like to thank the listeners too. And guys, seriously, this really is one you should listen to a couple of times. I don't say that in every episode, but I'm saying it here because uh, there was a lot of really good content. Uh, so Matt, thank you for that. And um, also like to thank our sponsor. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.